our first look at the Arkansas Razorbacks, and we got a problem. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go. It is game week. Welcome to Lockdown Bearcats on a Monday, August the 29th of 2022. I'm Alex Frank, your host each and every day, bringing all of my experiences from Bearcast Media Sports uh, student-run radio station, rather, media organization, rather, at the University of Cincinnati, and bringing all of those experiences here to the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel up to 446 subscribers and counting 446. Happy game week. It is game week. This is the week I always looked forward to when I was sports director of Bearcast Media, the first week of football season. Luke Fickle's press conference is tomorrow. The game is on Saturday. Let me tell you, we are in for a potentially problematic game on Saturday. I went back over the weekend, and I watched highlights of every Arkansas game from last year, every one of them. And I, my takeaway was this. They're beatable, but we've got a problem on our hands. A big problem with that. Why? Because Arkansas is really good. They are really good. They're coming off a really successful season. A season of streaks. Started 4-0. Got up to number eight in the country. Maybe they could give Georgia a game. That, de- that definitely did not happen. They lose their next three, they win their next four, I'm sorry, win their next three, lose to Alabama, beat Missouri, and then beat Penn State in the Outback Bowl. But in a season that was probably their, and not probably, was their best season since 2011, I'm sorry, 2010, when they went to the Sugar Bowl against Ohio State. They only had one bad loss. That was at home to Auburn. They took Alabama to the wire. If you remember that game, 42-35, they lost Alabama. But they beat Texas A&M in the Southwest Classic. They beat LSU. They beat Missouri in the battle line battle. And this past offseason, they retained their offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles. They retained their defensive coordinator, Barry Odom. And they retained their special teams coordinator. So head coach Sam Pittman entering his third season in Fayetteville has a really good staff and a really good program on solid ground. They were 9-4 and four last year. They went 3-7 and seven the previous year. Now, that was a COVID year. You can count it. You don't have to count it. It does. But Arkansas is coming off a really good year. And you look at their – and you look at the program Sam Pittman has – it's a program that's running with a lot of momentum. Their fan base feels it. I, I get comments every day from Arkansas fans on our YouTube videos. Oh, Arkansas is overlooking Cincinnati. Oh, they want to be 5-0. and So they play Alabama in week whatever. And that battles for the SEC West in Fayetteville. Oh, we're not overlooking Cincinnati. Oh, we're going to be a problem for you guys, that 3-3-5. Oh, we're going to run all over you. Blah, 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 blah. I hear it every single day. I see it every single day. And let me tell you, rightfully so, there's a reason why. 
because fans of because fans of Arkansas they believe in the team that they have. Yeah, they lost Traylon Burks. Yeah, they lost four key members of their defense last year. They lost their starting left tackle, but look who they have returning. Four of their five offensive linemen from last year return, and they're all juniors or seniors. They have four of their five leading rushers coming back, including Dominique Johnson, who's on the Earl Campbell, Tyler Rose watch list. You've got KJ Jefferson returning, who's on the Manning watch list. Warren Thompson's returning. He's a streaky wide receiver, put on film of Arkansas last year, and obviously you'll be drawn to Traylon Burks. But what you'll also see, what I noticed was, Warren Thompson's a pretty streaky receiver. Like, if they double-team Traylon Burks or Traylon Burks didn't have an impact on the game, Warren Thompson, let me tell you, when they needed a big play, they more often than not went to him. They did that in the Alabama game. They did that in the Auburn game. They did that in a lot of big games. When they needed Warren Thompson to make a play, he was more than, more often than not there for them. Okay? Leading tacklers back in bumper pool. Great name, by the way. He's on the Benark Award watch list, the same uh, award watch list that the Pace brothers, Deshaun and Ivan, are on for Cincinnati. Arkansas last year was 6-1 and one at home, undefeated in non-conference play, including a big blowout win over a ranked Texas team at the time. They like to run the ball, and when you watch them run the ball, excuse me, it's not like Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Okay, Alabama in the Cotton Bowl decided to run straight up the middle, or they'd occasionally run between they'd occasionally run between the left guard left tackle gap, maybe the right guard right tackle gap. Arkansas is different. Arkansas reminds me a lot of the San Francisco 49ers because they're going to run a lot of misdirections, they're going to run a lot of read option. You don't know where the ball is going. So your eyes better be focused. Because you can think it's going to be an inside handoff, it's going to be a handoff up the middle and the next thing you know KJ Jefferson is running around on the outside. Or the next thing you know, K.J. Jefferson could hand it off. He's running to the left. Next thing you know, Dominique Johnson or whoever running up the middle. Boom, see you later. Or it could be an end around. They could fake an end around. The, the, The misdirection that Arkansas runs is very, very difficult to defend. It's like the 49ers. And... Let me tell you, not only can they run misdirection, and you never know where the ball is going, they're a physical team. They have some physicality to them. And this is going to be a very tall task for a Cincinnati team that's taking the field for the taking the field for the first time since losing nine NFL draft picks, six coming from the defense. Curtis Brooks, MyJ Sanders, Darian Beavers, Sauce Gardner. Kobe Bryant, Brian Cook. They're all not here. So that's going to be up to guys like Deshaun and Ivan Pace. It's going to be up to guys like Wilson Huber. It's going to be up to guys like Curtis Brooks, Jawan Briggs, Jabari Taylor. It's going to be up to everybody on the front seven. However however many players are up front. They are going to have to be laser-focused every play because you never know where the ball is going. And Arkansas will exploit Cincinnati's run defense. Trust me, their game plan, I, 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 without even knowing, without, a, without even a source, I can tell you what their game plan is going to be or what I think it's going to be. They're going to say, guys, we're going to come out, we're going to run the football. You know, whether it's K.J. Jefferson, more on him in segment two, whether it's Dominique Johnson, whether it's A.J. Green, not the A.J. Green you're thinking of, whoever it is, they are going to run the football. It would not shock me if their first possession 
when 11 plays, eight of them at least are run plays. That's what's going to happen. And Cincinnati better be prepared because it's coming. And it's not going to be easy to stop. There's a reason Arkansas led the SEC in rushing last year at 227.3 yards per game. There's a reason Arkansas was seventh in the nation with that statistic. There's a reason Arkansas won nine games in the SEC West, which is a very, very strong division this year. There's a reason Arkansas might actually give Alabama a game this year. They lost a lot of talent from last year. I understand that. Traylon Burks was a first-round draft pick, rightfully so. But they still have a lot returning. Four of their five offensive linemen are returning. They started last year. That's experience. Against an inexperienced Cincinnati defensive line, good luck. They also have some key members of their defense returning. Bumper Poole. He is a, he's physical. He's going to bring the boom. This is going to be a tall task. You're going into a very tough environment, uh, Reynolds Razorback Stadium in Fayetteville. It's not going to be easy. Because you turn on the tape, you watch any, you watch highlights of any game from last year that Arkansas played. I watched every single highlights of every single game. They're good for a reason. They are very good for a reason. Sam Pittman is doing a remarkable job with that program. I know it didn't look pretty in 2020. It looked pretty good last year. They were four and three. And by the way, and by the way, they should have been nine and three in the regular season. Because they shouldn't have gone for two against Ole Miss. Maybe that was a good decision in some people's eyes. I don't think it was. Give your give your team a chance to win in overtime. They could have been nine and three in the regular season. And they are ranked to end the season. And they took Alabama to the wire. All right, coming up, we're going to dive into the specifics. KJ Jefferson. He is dangerous. We'll get into him and what the film shows about Arkansas's offense plus their defense and how they do replace Traylon Burks. We'll get into it after a word, a brief word from NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? (laughs) Wrong. Big wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Alex Frank here with you, your host each and every day. The Bearcats getting set for their season opener of 2022 in Arkansas against the Arkan or in Fayetteville against the Arkansas Razorbacks. The Bearcats 23rd in the country, Arkansas number 19. 
3.30 kickoff on ESPN. Dave Fleming, Rod Gilmore, Tiffany Blackman on the call. Of course, 700 WLW, Dan Horde, Jim Kelly Jr., and Mo Egger will have the call. Actually, I need to confirm that if they are if 700 WLW is airing the game because I don't know when the Reds play on Saturday. I guess when they're not good, I just stop worrying about that. And living down in Macon, Georgia. So I need to confirm that. They are calling it on 700, and they will be, yes. So 700 WLW will have the game. They will probably simulcast with 1 and 2, 7 WEBN until 6 o'clock when the Reds pregame show will take over. So 700 and 1 and 2, 7 WEBN simulcast will have the call. All right. So KJ Jefferson. It's no secret what you're getting from him. And he reminds me of a prime Cam Newton. And if you remember prime Cam Newton, he was big, strong. He was a physical runner. He didn't take, he will take chances. He is not running and he's, he's not going to slide. He's going to fight for extra yards. I mean, this is a guy who's 6'3", 245 playing quarterback. He's coming at you like a bowling ball. It's like Derrick Henry playing quarterback. Good luck. This defense is going to have a tall task. They're facing a very mobile quarterback who can also throw. He's not going to slide. He's going to fight for extra yards for his team. He's a tough competitor. You put on the film. He played hurt in some games last year. And he was still out there fighting for his team, leading his team to victory. You have to wrap him up the first chance you get. If he breaks one tackle, he's got all the momentum. The offense runs through him. Okay. Arkansas has driven through its running game. K.J. Jefferson led the team in rushing last year over 600 yards. He will extend plays. He can line up under center. He's a do-it-all quarterback. He's to this offense what Cam Newton was to the Carolina Panthers offense for eight years. And that Carol- and those Carolina Panthers teams were pretty good. They were a very good rushing team for a reason. Cam Newton usually led them in rushing. They also had guys like Jonathan Stewart. Fossey Whitaker, D'Angelo Williams. This is what this Arkansas team is like. Remember how I said KJ Jefferson is the leader, but you've got Dominique Johnson. You've got AJ Green. You've got four of the five leading rushers from last year coming back to the Razorbacks. This is clearly a run first team. They will throw. My question is, and I think this is a big question in Fayetteville, how do you replace Traylon Burks? Well, Warren Thompson is the guy to watch out for. He instantly becomes their number one wide receiver. That's going to put pressure immediately on Cincinnati's new look cornerback room. It's going to put pressure on Javon Hicks when it comes to safety help. Whoever's starting in place of Brian Cook, he's going to have to be ready. And with the run game, it's clearly the primary focus of the offense. They're going to run some read option. You know, whether it's a zone read keeper, whether it's a fake handoff quarterback rolls out to the right, there's a lot of wrinkles and ways this offense can run out of the read option. They'll run misdirection. They'll run multiple pl- run multiple ways. You know, they'll run some end arounds. They'll run some reverses. Dominique Johnson is a guy who compliments KJ Jefferson because he's a power runner. And with that, they can eat up the clock. Okay, here's the funny thing. Arkansas's only bad loss last year was at home to Auburn. They ran nearly, they ran over, I believe, double the amount of plays Auburn ran. 
So even though Auburn beat them by 15, Arkansas still held the ball for way, way more time than Auburn did. And that can impact Cincinnati's defense. Complimentary football, as Luke Fickle loves to talk about, is going to come in very critically in this game. you got to be able to get off the field and keep Arkansas's defense on the field. The longer your defense is out there, the more tired they're going to get. And against an SEC opponent like Arkansas, as we saw against Alabama and Georgia, they're going to get tired really quickly. And you're playing in the South. You're playing on the road. It's September. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot on the field. This is not an ideal situation if you're Cincinnati. And that's why complimentary football is going to come into play here. If you can find a way to keep your defense, win the time of possession. And I know that's not going to be a fancy stat to you or the casual college football fan. It is to me, and it should be to all of you listening to this, because as Bearcats fans, we want them to win. That's how they're going to win. They play complimentary football. If their defense can get off the field, they're going to be in a great, great position. But if Arkansas is able to wear them down and run out the clock and they have 20 more minutes time of possession, good luck. The score might be the score might be way more lopsided than it, it suggests. Because Arkansas is going to hold the ball because they can run the football. That's just who they are. Defensively, Bumper Pool, clearly the leader, very physical. They will they'll rush three. They're a three-man rush team. You have to handle you have to handle their front, period. Now, I have confidence in Cincinnati's offensive line. I think they're going to handle Arkansas's front. This is not Will Anderson and Fedarian Mathis in Alabama. Okay? Arkansas's good. Their defense is good. But they were middle of the pack in most categories in the SEC last year, which means they were around the 50 mark and nationally defensively. So I think you're going to see – I think the Bearcats definitely score more than six points. I think they do better in the red zone. I think they score some touchdowns. And it's not like Cincinnati's not going to be able to do much offensively in this game. And there are areas Cincinnati can exploit the Razorbacks. There really are. I'll explain what those are next after a word from two of our sponsors. Lockdown Bearcats, your team every day. First listen or watch of the day for you listening or watching to this. Alex Frank with you, your host each and every day. Don't forget, we are on YouTube leading up the season opener on Saturday, which is five days away against the Arkansas Razorbacks. 23rd-ranked Bearcats, 19th-ranked Razorbacks should be a lot of fun. So Cincinnati can exploit Arkansas. There are ways to do this. Arkansas secondary. They're prone to big plays. Put on the tape, you'll see that. So if you're Cincinnati, be aggressive. Go to your streaky wide receivers. That means Tyler Scott. That means Trey Tucker. And that will hopefully open up chances for Nick Mardner underneath. If you're going to beat Arkansas, and this is something we saw in the Cotton Bowl not happen. We didn't see the Bearcats empty the bucket. It felt like they left a lot on the table in terms of play calling, in terms of being aggressive. They could have been more, they could have been better at play calling, they could have been more aggressive as well. And look what happened. Desmond Ritter did not get out in space. If you get Ben Bryant or Evan Brader, whoever's starting a quarterback more than that in just a second, I think it's going to be Ben Bryant. If you can get him out in space, that could be problematic because you have streaky receivers. They're going to run. And if you get Arkansas on a track meet, that's not the kind of game they want to play. It's not. 
like Arkansas struggled against Ole Miss despite scoring 51 points. Okay. Most of Arkansas's wins, they didn't score that many points. They scored 31 against Mississippi State, 40 against Texas, and Big 12 defenses aren't very good. They scored 20 against Texas A&M. They scored 16 against LSU. They scored 34, I believe, against Missouri, and then 24 against Penn State. This is not a high-scoring team. They can score, but they're not a high-scoring team. If you can get them in a track meet, though, with your offense, that might be a good thing if you're Cincinnati. And their secondary, Arkansas, will allow you to, to hit big plays down the field. So Tyler Scott, great first game to build off of what he did last year. Same with Trey Tucker. Nick Marner is going to get some touches. Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor underneath. I would be aggressive early. I would be very aggressive early. Now, speaking of which, Arkansas does not like facing dual-threat quarterbacks. Hmm, what does that tell you? Well, we think Ben Bryant's going to be the starter. But Ben Bryant's not known for being a dual-threat quarterback. Ben Bryant has rushed for minus 53 yards in his career. Ben Bryant, I'm sorry, was it 53? It might be 53 yards. 53 yards. He rushed for minus 35 last year. So he's rushed for 53 yards in his career Mm, in three seasons. If Ben Bryant can run, though, this team can be successful on offense. Arkansas's defense does not like facing a dynamic offense. And yet they still struggle with Alabama. And I don't think, I don't remember Bryce Young running for very many yards the game. He threw for 557. But Bo Nix and... But Bo Nix ran all over them. Yeah. So if Desmond Ritter are playing in this game, I might actually pick Cincinnati to win. But, whoops. Um, but this is a game where dual threat quarterbacks will have success. Maybe Van Bryan will get out in space. Maybe they'll run some read option. Remember that touchdown he, run he had against Memphis three years ago, a zone read keeper? Run that play. I guarantee you that play is going to be a success. The defense of Arkansas, prone to misdirection. So Cincinnati should implement some too. Trey Tucker, jet sweep play, that can work. Arkansas is also prone to pressure off the edge. Well, Cincinnati, remember, didn't have a lot of edge pressure last year. Most of their pressure came from the interior. This year, it probably will again, but there needs to be an edge rushing element to this team. I'm talking about Myjay Sanders. I'm talking about... No, I'm not Marshall Sanders, excuse me. Noah Potter, um, I'm talking about whoever's on the edge has to step up this year. Whether it's Wilson Huber from linebacker, whether it's Deshaun Pace, you know, Ivan Pace, Jaheim Thomas, whatever. Secondary blitzes. Sauce Gardner would do this. Kobe Bryant would occasionally do this too, I feel like. Um, if whoever's starting a corner, come on a blitz. Add in a little wrinkle defensively. There are ways to beat this team. But it's going to take being aggressive. It's going to take a total team effort. It's going to take the best defensive performance since UCF in 2019. And it's probably going to have to be better than that. This is a winnable game. But Arkansas is good for a reason. They love to run the football. KJ Jefferson is on the Manning Award watch list for a reason. 21 touchdowns, four picks last year for a reason. He's very good. He can throw and he can also run. He's prime Cam Newton. Right now. And you remember that? That's what Cincinnati's going up against in five days. One more thing. I'm just going to throw this out there. Watch for the fake field goals. Arkansas ran two last year 
One of them hit a 32-yard rushing touchdown or 32-yard passing touchdown against Alabama. They might pull one out again this week. I'm not saying they will, but don't be shocked if they do because they did a lot because they did it multiple times last year. All right, that's going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Tomorrow, Turning Point Tuesday, the first edition of the season. Turning Point Tuesday, the ter- biggest turning points of the offseason, how we got to this point in the regular season. On Wednesday, still working on getting Justin Williams from The Athletic on the show for Williams Wednesday. Thursday, crossover Thursday with John Neighbors, Lockdown Razorbacks host. Then on Friday, it's game day, game preview. Also, of course, bonus content Friday, Bengals season preview, my record prediction. And, of course, my NFL season predictions. Saturday night by 10 o'clock, a recap of the game since the game's at 3.30. And then Sunday, film review and takeaways up by 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can also follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel up to 446 subscribers and counting. And follow us, or or yeah, follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Now for your second listen, get more on the Big Twelve by making Lockdown Big Twelve your second listen with everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown as they take you across the Big Twelve in thirty minutes. Lockdown Big Twelve, your second listen. That's Lockdown Big Twelve, your second listen. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team. Every day, I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you tomorrow on Turning Point Tuesday.